0: Before we get started, does anyone want to get out?
1: Welcome, Pewter Report readers and listeners, to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius. I am John Ledyard from PewterReport.com. Along with me today, the one and the only Scott Reynolds back from a two-day hiatus/slash suspension, also from PeterReport.com, and of course the return of the one and only No Man Bun, but he is here with us in in not in person uh, in digitally, Trevor Sykema.
0: Trevor, this feels like this feels like like the best it's been in person over the last year or so. So like I'll take it. I feel like we're in person at this point, and I just want to say, John. To hear you intro the Peter Report podcast, <laughs> it just it just warms my heart. It just made me feel real special inside. So that was a real treat for me. I appreciate you guys having me on.
1: Listen, I don't know if I could do it justice to the ones who've gone before, but I give it my best <laughs> every single time we're out here. Scott. We've got, we're joined by a king today, Trevor Sycamore of the Draft Network, formerly of pewterreport.com. That's right. Longtime cover of the Buccaneers, since has switched fandom and covering the Panthers a little bit. And we'll talk about that as well. Uh, But it's, it's an honor to have you on with us today, Trevor. We're excited about this.
0: Yeah, I appreciate it. Anytime that I get to talk ball with both of you guys, it's always a treat. And so getting to do this at the same time for a little bit here on a platform that, I hold near and dear to my heart is going to be very, very special. So I really do appreciate you guys having me on. This is going to be a lot of fun. I'm we'll not listen. sure if you know
1: this or not, Trevor, but since the last time you were here, Scott Reynolds has really upped his game in the, in the whole graphics department. I and saw he's of added there. to his skill set a little I bit. So yeah, that. if you see yeah. anything during this show that catches your eye, it's probably the work of Scott Reynolds.
0: Scott's always been like, really into the youth movement like even when even like back when i was working there like he was like me and him like shared the same music taste like we we like the same artists and everything and so it does not shock me at all that scott's getting into like the graphics design game like he's going oh it's not like oh man those kids and their graphics design he's like nah i'm gonna beat (laughs) these kids at their own game and so doesn't well, shock me at all. I, I
2: mean, to a degree. Now, I, I, listen, I got to admit, right? I mean, it's like, it, look at that handsome mug. I mean, that is a Steven Stamkos, is <laughs> it Trevor but That's always been the comparison, right? And then, you know, I, listen, I know you're a huge Marvel fan, right, Trevor? I mean, you look at, at your dog's name is Marvel. I mean, you, I'm sure you've been following all of the new Marvel concepts that have been coming on Disney, right? Mm, and, yes. And I, listen, I was pretty geeked when when they had a new Captain America, and I and I thought... I, I thought it was gonna be Sam right out of the gate, right? I thought it was gonna be Falcon right out of the gate. And it wasn't. And I was like a little curious, like, well, if it's not Sam, if it's not if it's not Falcon, who is it? And then I realized, holy
0: oh crap, it's Trevor Somebody, somebody shot this for me, please. Unbelievable.
1: <laughs> Look at this man's handiwork. I, and I'm what? just I'm just saying it's like,
0: it's like Oh my god, you know, what a clean I, edit! I was shocked.
2: I was really shocked that it was you, Trevor. And then I thought, there's no way that oh that Trevor God. could be Captain America because I mean, it's just it's just the shield in the, in the super serum, right? I mean, th- that's all. We, we we have to give Trevor some more, right? I mean, let's just up the game to friggin' <laughs> Thanos, shall we? Give him the Infinity Stones to crush the draft competition,
1: right? Look at the neck on this man. Just just <laughs> this- give
2: him the the glove and the Infinity Stones, and um- let's just be done with it, shall we?
0: I look like the Mike Glennon of superhero villains right there. <laughs> Mike <laughs> Glennon, <laughs> look at that oh, thing! Oh man, so
1: that's incredible! Wow, so Trevor, you
2: have the power. Let's let's talk about the draft, shall we? I mean, uh, that, that's that's your that's your power. That's your superpower, man. Is draft yes, it is. analysis?
0: It is. Where do you guys want to begin? What do you want to talk about to start? <laughs> Let's talk about let's Well, talk hold, on, about,
2: hold on, We have to get some some breaking news true. in first. We have to get some breaking news. Why? Because Blaine is
1: back. <laughs> I knew we, you were going th- to start. There apologize. was the cry.
2: The cry was bring Blaine back. I mean, that, that that's what we that's what we've longed for here. We have campaigned openly to have Blaine Gabbert return to the Buccaneers. And, you know, lo and behold, thanks to the powers that be, Jason Light and uh, and Mike Greenberg, you know that happened. That campaign turned in reality. So we're we're awfully excited to uh, to welcome uh, in on the heels of the Bucks drafting Blaine Gabbert. Uh, Blaine is back. He's officially back. So uh, Trevor, I you know it's Steven Stamkos. It's it's oh. Trevor Sikkim.
0: It's Blaine Gabbert. You look a little bit like Blaine Gabbert when he grows out the beard. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, a yeah. little bit. I don't I have the I that. don't have the long hair that he. I don't know if he does. He still have long hair? I don't know. He cropped I think it. He does. Well, yeah, well, he, he did. Yeah, crop it. It, it was long, but he cropped it. So it right. was, I well, think he wanted the Trevor to look. Basically. I was gonna say, like you know, yeah. I had long hair for quarantine too. But you know, right. we all gotta evolve. Life's all about you know moving on, evolving mm. a little bit. So mm. yeah, I can understand wow. that.
1: With wow, pearls of wisdom. Let's drop some wisdom wow. on this draft class, Trevor. Joe Tryon in the first round. Yes. yes. Buck's best bet, but at the same time, were you a little bit surprised to, to see this one come to fruition at all?
0: Uh, I wasn't for a number of reasons. I mean, the first one is because like it fits, you know, when you look at the needs that the Buccaneers had, There weren't any. It was literally just like whoever (laughs) they wanted to draft, who they thought I think made the most sense. And uh, when we were listening to Jason Light earlier this offseason, I believe I read this from John. You, You were tweeting out some things that Jason Light was saying, and he said that he builds his draft board and they look at their draft analysis of these guys for two to three years down the road. It's not necessarily who's going to help them the most their rookie year. They know that rookie years are a lot about learning, you know, not just on the field, but off the field as well. You're learning life. You're learning how to become your own man. It's it's often you going to a new city, being comfortable in your own surroundings, getting your own confidence in that way. And that goes a long way towards you unlocking what you can do on the field as well. So it makes sense that you don't look at guys where they are exactly right now, but who they can be and who they can be for your team over the next couple (laughs) of years. And so, um, are you, are you laughing at the the comment that he just put up? I mean,
1: it's not the only one. Listen, I'm, I'm, (laughs)
0: listen, I'm, I'm, I'm just waiting on the Buccaneers to mail me my Super Bowl ring. Okay. That's, I'm, I'm still, I'm still waiting on it to happen.
2: Just like in hockey, Trevor, you get the assist, man. Right. That's you true. Know?
0: This is true. This is, I, I'm i the hockey assist for the Super Bowl. Yes. Yeah. But the, the try on pick make the, made a lot of sense because I remember even going back to my years as a reporter with you guys with Pewter Report. Jason's always had a really good finger on the pulse of the Washington football program. You know, like he's, he's just had a really good idea of the players that were for real coming out of Washington. It always seemed like when there was a guy that you could really believe in, Jason was really in on him. Obviously Vita Veya is with the Buccaneers now, but I remember he loved Buda Baker as well. You know, Buda Baker, when he was coming out and he was super obsessed with him. when Scott and I were covering the draft Mm -hmm. for Peter report a couple of years ago. And so I figured that if Joe Tryon was going to be the real deal they were going to be in on it. And it made, it made a lot of sense knowing that little bit of background information and also looking at what might really help them with depth over the next two years of their winning window Mm -hmm. with Brady as their quarterback. And right now they have Shaq Barrett. They have Jason Pierre, Paul, Pierre Paul's getting up there in age and his contract is kind of coming close at the end, but I'm, I'm not going to doubt the dude to play until he's like 40 at this point. I mean, he's just, he's a science. He just feels like he's a cyborg, but behind him, you got as a true outside linebacker pass rusher type, it's kind of Anthony Nelson. And then that's about it. Right. I mean, like they have some other guys that I think that that you're relatively fine with, but when you're in a position like the Buccaneers are, it makes sense to get another really high side athletic linebacker. And so I don't think Joe Tryon is, is super polished as a rusher right now, but he's very frenetic. And y'all, you you never, you always want to get a guy who's high energy and try to hone him in, calm him down a little bit rather than get a guy who doesn't, who doesn't have the ability to, like, get up to what you would think is NFL speed, NFL violence, NFL aggression. And I feel like uh, Joe Tryon, geez, yeah, that's uh, that's quite the look there. I mean, that's Speaking basically superheroes. Yeah, I, I, they basically know? saw that picture of Joe Tryon and went like, all right, we're good. Yeah, we, we can just draft that guy. I, I just like, thought that was is... another
1: Photoshop with Trevor's body. And something <laughs> yeah, right. <so. laughs> yeah, so, yeah.
0: No, then, <laughs> at that time that time they Photoshopped my body and they just put Joe Tryon's head on There top you go. Yeah. Of that's right.
2: All that's all this missing is the cape, really. I mean, that's yeah. it.
0: Well, I mean, he's got the sledgehammer, which is almost, you know, Thor esque because right. the hammer's right next to him. So, yeah. no, I, I think that the try on pick made a lot of sense for a lot of different reasons. And we had some pretty good intel on that as well. I know you guys did because you had your your, your yep. Bucks best bet, and you guys are always very on point with all of those. So, when I saw that that was your pick, I was very confident in, in me making that pick as well.
2: Well, the interesting thing is because sticking on the Washington theme, Trevor, it, th- this team signed Benning Potoahi from the defensive line up up there at the Huskies last year. So they've got two guys in the trenches now on the defensive side of the ball from Washington. So you're right. They know the program really well. It's interesting because we were getting ready to come out with our, I think it was our second mock draft. And I saw Levi on and your mock draft literally like a day before we came out with that. I'm like, Oh crap. You know, like, and I was thinking, well, maybe, maybe, you know, this, this kind of makes sense. I think you and I were kind of like syncing up mentally right there uh, about that. And, and then as, as the draft evaluation process crept on, we kind of realized, okay, Anzariki was a was a second round guy. But interestingly enough, in that mock draft, we had Anzariki in the first round and then mm-hmm. Tryon in the second round back in March. And we were told by a couple of people uh, in the league that said, flip them, that Tryon's going to go ahead of Anzariki. They're both kind of like second round guys, but Tryon's going to go first. And that's kind of what what allowed us to to make that that flip and switch and and uh and sure enough, tryon try goes number thirty-two to Tampa Bay and then Anzriki goes in the what the earlier middle part of the second round to Detroit. Right.
0: Yeah, no, and and he was another guy. I really, when this offseason started, kind of January, February, I really I went into it with that mentality, knowing yeah. that if there was a well, first and foremost, defensive line was probably going to be a target for them no matter right. what free agency comes around and they somehow bring everybody back because <laughs> right. that was that was the conversation right people were yeah. looking at the bucks defensive line and they said okay well if they bring back dominican sue and not shaq barrett then of course they'd probably go with a more edge rusher and that would put right. joe Tryon on, on the board at 32 mm-hmm. well if they brought back shaq barrett and they couldn't bring back dominican sue then maybe they'd go for levi and rusrique maybe draft him a little bit early, get ahead of it if he was a guy in case Turns out they bring everybody back. And so yeah. when everybody was on the table, I think drafting the outside linebacker, linebacker, edge rusher spot was more advantageous for them than even getting Levi and Wuzarike. So yeah, hearing yeah. from the league, like you said, that trying was going to go a little bit earlier. I started to hear that in the month of April as well. Yeah. and I, And I think that obviously that's the way that it played out.
1: It's interesting, too, because most people, even after the Bucs somehow brought back everyone, which we'll talk about in a minute, I don't think a lot of people would have seen the Bucs not drafting a defensive tackle at all. Did that stun you at all? Go looking at their draft board and thinking, I know it wasn't a great defensive tackle class, but still... Did you think at some point,
0: man, this team's gonna add somebody to the group uh, at some point in this draft? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I certainly thought that it was on the table, but and you guys can can correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like they brought a lot of their depth on the defensive line back as well. So it's a lot of guys that they're really happy with. You know, with Will Golson on the team, I feel like he can be uh, a, a versatile guy for them. Obviously, True. they have Dominik Su, they have Vita Vea, like all of these guys. Like that's a that's a fine interior rotation. Like whether you're playing odd fronts right. or even fronts, whatever you want from your guys and so yeah I suppose that I'm I'm a little shocked I would have thought if there was a point at which they would have hit the sweet spot for interior defensive line in this class mm-hmm. it would have been with where they pick Kyle Trask so I felt right. like That was probably since they went with Trask at the end of the second round, them not taking a defensive line or a defensive tackle made sense given the depth that they have. Because, of course, they go offensive tackle after that, they get a receiver weapon, and then really a lot of their day three stuff was just guys who were going to be great for them on special teams, which is really important because clearly the starting 11 on both sides of the ball is good enough to win a Super Bowl. You just want to make sure that you're winning that X factor third phase of the game, so. I feel like if they would have went defensive tackle, it would have been the second round. It, they yeah, just it been be early because there's only a handful of guys that, that are worth taking right.
2: in this year's draft. You know, but right. you know what's not surprising, Trevor? The delicious taste of Celsius and the energy it provides hmm. with no sugar crash. Hmm. It's it's orange. That's why. It's I orange. forgot to
1: gra- I forgot to grab one before the show. It's why I'm dragging over here. A little this bit. is empty
2: because I've already had my Celsius today. Celsius today. I'm already energized and ready to go. And if you if you have uh, been a, a viewer of the Peter Report podcast for so long and you've yet to try Celsius, what are you waiting for? Oh, I can't find one. Don't let that be an excuse. Go to Celsius.com. Click on the store locator, and once you do that, you can enter your address, and you'll find out all of these health and fitness stores, convenience stores, and big box stores like Target and Walmart that have Celsius near you. And then you can try all the different flavors. And once you pick a flavor you like, then go over to pewterreport.com, click on the Celsius banners. They're going to take you to Amazon. You can buy them in bulk and save a lot of money.
1: Absolutely. Some great flavors. I hit the orange circle this morning, personally. Love it. Yeah. Uh, does great stuff. And oh yeah, Nate reminds me that my Celsius is actually behind me. On the bookshelf. That's true. That one's just the prop, though, Nate. It's, it's not cold. I, I have to drink them cold. That's uh that's how I drink them. But okay, second round, uh, Trevor. We got Kyle Trask coming off the board as this pick approach. Scott and I are looking at each other like, all right, they're going to take an offensive lineman. They're going to get creed on for your Josh Myers or one of these guys and bolster that interior. And then all of a sudden, boom, boom, they come off the board right in front of the box in round two. And we're like looking at the board and we're like, well, they could take a corner, but is he, he's going to be their fifth corner. Can he play special teams? And we're trying to figure out what the heck they're going to do. And we're just like, I, it's got to be a quarterback. And, and Kyle Trask was our Bucks' best bet. But I still think we were a little skeptical on how where quarterback would fall in the priority. And then when they didn't trade up in the second round, knowing that they didn't need all their picks. Yeah, it pretty, that it pretty was, much
2: the the telltale sign it was going to be Trask. And that allowed us to hit. We were two for two on our Bucks' best bets. Uh, as we had Trask as the quarterback, the Bucks were going to draft if they're going to draft a
1: quarterback in sure this year. This one surprised you a little bit, though, didn't it, Trevor?
0: I yeah, I mean th- this. It didn't surprise me that they selected a quarterback because I felt like this could always be the possibility. I, right. I just one, I wasn't so sure that it was going to be in this year's draft because I really do feel like Brady's probably going to play another two years. And yeah. if you're not drafting a quarterback in the first round, then you're only getting four years out of their rookie contract. So then best case scenario, Kyle Trask or whoever it was going to be outside of the first round, which they were never going to do, isn't going to start until the third year of their rookie contract. So then that's basically yeah. their first year as a starter. And then you've got to like make a big time determination out of them in their second year in the NFL. So I don't know. I, I didn't know. I didn't really think that the timing was great, especially for a team that is truly just going all in over the next two years. Certainly you don't want to totally sell out and just right. be terrible when Brady leaves, but I didn't really get this one from the timing standpoint. I didn't think it was going to happen, but it did. And I also, I I don't really get it from the Trask standpoint. I I went to, look, I went to the University of Florida. I love it. I was going to say, I thought you were going to
1: correct me when I said Trask without saying Gator great in front of his name. Right, yeah. I I apologize
0: Absolutely. Florida Gator great Kyle Trask. Let us never forget. I remember watching Trask's recruiting tape and he had some of the prettiest, floater touch passes that you've ever seen in mm-hmm. high school. And I was like, man, this dude could be something special with accuracy. And he gets to Florida and he sits behind Felipe Franks. Cause you know, coaching believed in Felipe Franks, arm a little bit more. Cause he had more upside. Cause he could push it down the field. He could get a little bit more velocity on the ball, but then Trask obviously starts. Mm-hmm. Cause Felipe couldn't stop turning the ball over. And in a really, really good offense, Trask was able to facilitate things in rhythm really well. Mm-hmm. But I just never felt like, Kyle Trask and what his best strengths are and like what your best case scenario is as a quarterback fit really what Bruce Arians has ever gone for in a quarterback when he has had the chance to prove it. Bruce Arians is always going for those alpha kind of quarterbacks, those big armed guys, the guys who have the higher ceiling, the guys who are big time risk takers. And, and he's trying to perfect those kinds of players. And even Brady, you know, people always like to like get on Tom Brady and and say, like, oh, he doesn't have that strong of an arm. I mean, John, you did a pretty great job last season dispelling that, how Brady was consistently pushing down the field. And Brady actually is the kind of quarterback that Bruce Arians would really want. And I just never really saw that in Kyle Trask. I think that you can differentiate arm strength in two ways distance and velocity. Distance, you can sometimes mask a little bit because you could step into the throw, air under the the throw, and and all of that. And and it'll float maybe 55, 60 yards down the field. It's different when you got to hit a football in a football sized window over the middle of the field to split two zones and and just fire it in there and trask just doesn't do that and when things were on rhythm for a very talented florida offense Trask piled up the stats you know he had guys like Kadarius tony kyle pitts justin shorter uh trayvon grimes like right all of these guys to throw to over the last couple of years and he was a good enough facilitator but i think when things really got off rhythm, when his supporting cast wasn't as good near towards the end of the season, you saw him unravel and have some of his worst games. And so I'm not going to sit here and say that that's the best we're ever going to see of him. He could certainly improve, but I never really saw Trask as anything more than a backup quarterback in the NFL who might be a spot starter. But even if that's the case, you're always going to look to upgrade him. And so all of that to say as a backup fine, Mm -hmm. but I didn't really love the pick. Because I don't know what it gives the Bucks over the next two years. I don't really know if it gives them anything. And unless yeah. Kyle Trash's arm and his mentality as a quarterback—it's a lot more fearless, a lot more aggressive, and a lot stronger—that I don't even think he's really taken up, taken over Trevor, after Tom Brady. So it might
2: be a thing where, where Bruce Arians, after a year of Jameis Winston and those thirty interceptions, does not want any more risk it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's done with the risk it. And he right. just wants. Instead of a biscuit, like a little crumb, like a bite, that's all he wants. It's not like (laughs) the whole biscuit. He's not going to risk it anymore because of all of the the seven pick sixes and, and all of that stuff. So I, maybe he wants somebody that's a little bit more risk adverse.
0: You know, when, when you look at over the next two years, I think a big reason why Kyle Trask didn't choose the number 11 to wear with the Buccaneers, it, it like he wore in college is because they knew that they were bringing back Blaine Gabbert. He that's probably right. was like, he probably was like, Hey, can I take number 11? They were like, well, you probably shouldn't because Blaine's going to take it. That's and right. if Tom Brady ever gets hurt long-term, the team is not winning the Super Bowl. I mean, like, yeah. the team, obviously, like, that—that that is what it is. If Tom Brady gets hurt in the short term, Kyle Trask is never going to play over a veteran like Blaine Gabber. He's, right. he's not, he's not going to play over a veteran like Ryan Griffin, even though Ryan Griffin doesn't have a lot of snaps. And yeah. so that's why, like, I, I just, I, I don't see where the big-time payoff is for Kyle Trask in the end of the second round when this team could have added more beef in the trenches and maybe that was their plan all along and a couple of guys they really wanted to fall didn't fall to them. So be it. That is what it is. But hey, you know what? To your point, Scott... Maybe Bruce Arians is hanging him up whenever Brady hangs him up, anyways. That's so maybe gonna he's, happen. maybe yeah. he's not even the coach to coach. Maybe yeah, maybe yeah. he doesn't
1: care that much about it. Now I was, curious, I mean Trask was fourth in the NCAA in deep ball yards. I mean he threw the ball down the field a lot, but you're right, velocity not really his game. It was a lot of touch passes over the top. Right, he's not afraid to stretch a defense vertically. I mean you watch that Alabama game you could see how aggressive he is in terms of throwing the ball down the field. It's not a lot of, though, tight window throws all the time, although I think he's got the stones for the position. I think that's what Arians and Light gravitated toward at that spot. But I do want to ask you this, and Parker brings up a good question here. He says, I would have risked for the upside on Mond. Well, here's the tricky part about that, guys. Kellen Mond threw more passes in college football than any of the quarterbacks in this class. Mm-hmm. So, yes, Mond has a better arm and a better athleticism so i guess you could say upside in that way but the trash pick made me think about upside in a different way i thought trask has pl- thrown the least passes i think other than trey lance out of all the cor- the top quarterbacks in this class
2: well except for davis mills
1: and, and davis mills right good, good reminder on davis mills yeah. but i still think it was close but no good reminder on davis mills true but he is, just has not played very much football cal mm-hmm. trask and so i can see maybe the upside argument is that as this guy plays more we already saw a huge leap from 19 to 20 is there another one of those bad boys in there? And I don't think there is necessarily, but I think I could see the rationale in that way. My question to you, Trevor, is if you know you're going quarterback at 64, mm-hmm. top four, five guys are obviously off the board at that point. You know you're going quarterback at 64. Would you have rather have seen them go for a like Gellin Mond or a Davis Mills or even like somebody that went later in the Jamie Newman or even book somebody like that?
0: ian book uh (laughs) i literally threw that in there so
1: you could eye roll it dude
0: ian book going what he he went 133 right i think he went 133 drag the saints dude his over under was 207 wow his over under on draft position was 207 and he got drafted 133 i can't i just it's Saints, it, Saints it, out
1: it, here reaching, trying to
0: keep up with the box. And I mean, is. But, Fourth what round what pick. these reaches. Unbelievable. So, um, you know, I, I know you're saying that, like, if you had to take a quarterback, but, like, I, I have to say at the top, I, I wouldn't have taken a quarterback. Yeah, Their right. quarterback room is, is three people deep right now. It's got veterans. It's got experience. Like, these are the guys that you're rocking with for the next two years. You know, I think that if you wanted to draft a quarterback next year, that probably would have been in a better situation. Boston then College I would
2: just Phil Jerkovic, but they broke my heart by taking Trash this year. I like Jerkovic. I think he's going to be a, a really good uh, player this year.
0: Listen, Scott, for look, 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 I know I put out my way too early 2022 mock, but please don't ask me about guys who are playing. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just, kidding. yeah, I know, I know that you're just getting your, your takes out there with those guys. But, and yeah. and that's kind of the thing is I know a lot of names that could be both first and second round picks next year that I feel like mm-hmm. the Bucs would have been a lot more comfortable with going with a quarterback. And yeah. I, it, you know, if you're going to pick one of them, Maybe you pick Trask going back to the argument that you said. I actually probably would have picked Kellen Mond. But Mm. to your point, John, he has started for four years. Like, it's not like this dude... Hasn't yeah. had the reps he has yeah, right. and his accuracy just has not been good enough. This year was his best year, which is encouraging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But how, how much higher is the ceiling for, for, for Kellen Mond. And so, yeah, it's, I don't know, maybe, maybe be, you get some good coaching. Kellen but Mond is
2: what you see is what you get. Like the Texas right, A&M version of right. Kellen Mond is what he's going to be in the pros. And it's, it's questionable whether that's starting caliber material or not. I,
0: and I think, I think he can get a little bit better, but I think that GMs and coaches Hate when they can already see your ceiling when it comes to the NFL right. draft. That's they exactly want right. to, yes, they that's want a Great to point, Trevor. Have imagination. They want to yes. think, yeah, yeah, yeah. But this guy didn't start that long, yeah. so like he's this, he but it. he's going to be that, right, right, right. And, yeah, I, and he, I can
1: do it. I can do it. This can be me that gets
0: him here. You know, even even <laughs> yeah. if the even if the final ceiling between two guys is right here, mm-hmm. if one guy is here and one guy is here, they yeah. will yeah. take this guy. They will take this guy because they don't know exactly where it is. So yeah, yeah, that's that's what I was saying. Yeah.
1: Well, the quarterback position is going to be interesting. Did I hear you slide in there that you believe Ryan? You think they're going to carry four and Griffin's going to play over Tras this year? Well, that-
0: now I now I don't know. I, I guess oh, what yeah. I was what I was saying really is that they have their three veterans oh, okay. that I feel like they should have been comfortable with instead of drafting a quarterback. I don't. I guess Griffin's the the odd man out here. Well, yeah, probably. Rip griff He's about hey, to come rip. on the pod
1: too. I R- mean, he still R- will maybe. I don't R-
0: know. RG four, baby. Have to feel it out, but
1: I mean, hey, he'll be in camp, and obviously, he's going to get opportunity. And I know this Scott doesn't want to hear this, Scott. You may want to hit mute on me before I say this, but maybe Griff beats Gabbard out. Who knows? That's who knows. Blasphemy.
0: I hope not happen. (laughs) I hope. Ryan How Griffin you say that, goes full you? throttle in training camp and just starts going full Jameis, like balls going deep over the middle every single time because he's just like, "Yeah, I got to impress the scouts." So he's just well, like, he "Had letting that one run. amazing
1: preseason, right?" And could we not make the argument that Griff's one amazing preseason was is that
2: better that? than
0: anything Gabbard's done in a real yeah. NFL game? It or was 2019 preseason. Yeah. I was guessing, Scott. That was the Tanner Hudson year, right? Yes. That yes. was the that was the Tanner Hudson yeah. leading the NFL in receiving yards and receiving yes. touchdowns and during Ryan the preseason. Ryan Griffin leading
2: the passing statistics for the NFL during the preseason. I,
0: wherever he goes, somebody's going to trade for Tanner Hudson or snipe him off the practice squad or whatever it is, <laughs> right. because they got to reunite that duo.
2: That, that's that's a powerful one-two punch in the preseason. That that is Mr. August one and two right there. Mr. No
1: <laughs> August. <laughs>
2: It just is.
1: When Griff gets cut, we're gonna (laughs) we're gonna write our story that way. We're gonna say, (laughs) "Bucks release Mister August."
2: (laughs) Yeah, in favor. I I like Griff. He just never got an opportunity to see the field outside of like one one series against the Colts in 2019. That was it. You
1: know, I mean, if they played him over Blaine like they should, maybe he would. But 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 here's the thing: it wasn't even a competition
2: last year. Like like when. When when Bruce you know got to Tampa uh, and and once once Blaine's shoulder was was healed yeah. from his 2019 preseason injury, it's like like first week at camp last year, Bruce was like, ah, there's no competition. Blaine's our number two. I mean, right? Like, he
1: was. It he was had it. no qualms. Yeah, yeah. I, that was odd for sure, but funny too. Um, okay, Robert Hainsey in the third round, mm-hmm. Trevor. This pick drew some criticism from one Scott Reynolds. Because of the frame of our friend Robert Hansey, just a little bit dopey looking fellow. And Scott said, <laughs> Twiggy legs, look at this skinny arms, skinny legs. Scott said, Get this guy in the weight room, man. I like, have seen geez. this
2: man before. He's he's disguised in a Notre Dame uniform, but it's Caleb Beninock. I'm telling you. <laughs> <Those> <laughs> oh, twiggy legs. man.
1: He does play a lot different than Caleb Beninok. I think yes, we can he all agree do with that. I he's, he's,
2: he's a better player. And you know what? Right. I, went, I went back and I watched the reps of Robert Hainsey at the Senior Bowl because that's really where he was playing inside at guard and uh, because he was obviously a right tackle for all of those starts at Notre Dame. But uh, this guy, he fires off the ball. It Mm -hmm. it doesn't look pretty. And the funny thing is, uh, John, when you and I were were talking during the draft about Robert Hainsey, kind of reminded me a little bit but in a different way of Dalton Reisner, a guy at K-State who I liked and, and ultimately was drafted by the Broncos. Doesn't look pretty but gets the job done.
1: But Riser had a better body, right? He was a little more pro ready. But you're right, uh, he was
0: a little bit more um, built or uh, no? Bo- Riser was boxy. He was yeah, super but, boxy, but he he was but he yeah, was, yes. but he but was it, ready it was, to go, right? It like, well like, distri-
2: yes, it was well distributed. It wasn't like you wasn't
1: know no Joe Tryon.
2: Well, yeah, it wasn't Joe Tryon, but yeah. I'm just saying it's I I think that 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 Hanzy is is one of those guys that that doesn't look pretty but gets the job done.
1: Mm -hmm. That's what Brandon Thorne told us for sure. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, I was not a huge fan of his tape at right tackle, but then I had to get my mind to put him inside where I don't think he's going to be in the NFL. And it was tricky. But there were some other guys on the board, including one Quinn Miners. Uh, did you think that they maybe they might go with another one of those uh, small school guys?
0: I thought that they were going to. I mean, that's where we've we've linked them all the time, right? It was just the obvious, like, oh, the Bucks drafted Ali Marpet and Alex Kappa, so that must mean that they're for sure going to draft Quinn Miners, and yep. you know, it, it it didn't come to pass, and. I understand why, because you guys mentioned that Hainsey played at, at right tackle, but he might be in a more interior player where I think everybody believes that he's going to be comfortable. But the thing about Hainsey and why he makes sense for the Buccaneers is he's got 34 games as a starter. So, right. you know, you draft Robert hansey for the next two, two years really during this winning window, because you know that you're probably not going to get as lucky as you did last year with the offensive line being as healthy as they were. I mean, that's just like that. That doesn't happen often. And so, If you have Robert Hainsey there, that's depth to be able to play almost all five positions if they need him to. And so the first year, certainly, you know, you guys talking about like his body being a little bit weird. I'm sure the first couple of years of him being in Tampa Bay is simply going to be about – redistributing his weight like getting him stronger in the lower half like allowing him to be more reliable because he's got more strength to anchor and so that's what you're hoping for anyways this not this guy's not coming in to start you just want him to have the experience you don't want a situation where okay our uh one of our tackles is down this game and our right guards down this game so Mm. we actually need robert hainsey to play you don't want this dude taking some of his like most early games at an actual competition right. level. You this guy's got 34 games as a starter. So that's yeah. why they took him for yeah, the experience it, there. It, it, and Quinn Quinn Miners is just like he's coming from such a lower level. The jump and it, the adjustment is going to be there. And that and he didn't play in 2020. Right, right. And he didn't he didn't play in 2020. And he's never played center. You know, like right. he, he taught himself how to snap. And so yeah. that's why I think that it was a fun. It was a fun thing to kind of dream with the Bucks getting Quinn Miners because it, you look at their history. But I'm telling you guys, the Hansey pick makes way more sense than the Miners yeah. pick would have for well, what and, can and,
2: and, and I think the thing too with with Hainsey is is this team is seen Alex Kappa come in with that left tackle small school body and really just reform his shape and hit the weight room and, right. and just kind right. of he he looks like a guard now with with his lower trunk and his midsection and his. His thighs and glutes, everything like his hips. I mean, he he looks like a guard. He looked like a like a tall linear guy. Now he actually has a base where he can anchor and it showed last year. Alex Kappa, believe it or not, the only offensive line starter for the Bucs that didn't give up a sack last year. I mean, if, if you would have if you would have told me that before the season started, I would have I would, have, would not have believed you. But that that ended yeah. up being the case.
1: Yeah, he became a real stud, and the Bucs, what they've done with he and with Donovan Smith, I think, is given, especially since the new regime took over, the strides that Smith has taken in the last two seasons, I mean, people would make fun of him, and now you had people like in his corner, like, you would have never thought that would have happened years ago, and now you have people in his corner because of the transformation, and then with Kappa, the growth over three years is pretty incredible, so what they've done is certainly encouraging, but we've still got to see it with Hainsy William well, Butler with the four ninety nine super chat. Yeah, go ahead. That.
0: No, I was going to say, did William just pay five dollars to yeah. remind me that I tweeted oh, yeah. <laughs> that Brady is broken during the and Minnesota game? We appreciate game? that
1: so much. Yeah, it's a huge shout out to is, William, man. What a great just, fan. Look, the ball, all
0: this does is it puts another uh, another concrete block into the house of me and the foundation of me leaving and me being the curse <laughs> for Tampa being good. Okay, John remembers yes. this. Minnesota game Brady had been playing terrible down the street like last couple of weeks he had just been so off and I tweeted the words Tom Brady is broken he next missed Godwin over the middle <laughs> ne- yeah, yeah I re- yes yeah. you remember exactly what it happened next yeah. drive touchdown next game stop. W, yep. <laughs> big streak W's next stop yep. Super Bowl you are all welcome <laughs> he literally didn't lose
1: or really have a bad game From after he tweeted tweet that on, it was incredible. I mean, literally, I remember I was in the press box in my first game of Raymond James Stadium, and I'm looking down at the field and I see him miss Chris Godwin over the middle. It's kind of a broken play. He's a little bit on the move. He throws, should have hit him for sure. He was wide open, but Brady, you know, Brady on the move's never been really his forte. So I was like, dang, okay, that was a big play. People are gonna go nuts. And I look at Twitter and you said Tom Brady is broken. And I was like, oh no. And then, sure, <laughs> I thought like, oh I mean, man, oh, but but that it turned out to be a good thing because then the next, I think the next throw the dude had was the touchdown to Scotty. I, I mean, yeah. it was like, and ever since then, it was just like a straight clip. They didn't lose. I mean, it was incredible. So hats off to you for sure for Thank going you. against the I'm sure that I haven't even looked, but I'm sure Freezing Cold Takes has gotten it. I mean, I'm, sure it's been through all that and i appreciate you sacrificing the the twitter cred i mean you have a lot you've a lot to be able to sacrifice for sure but i'm not, you have pre- sacrificed some twitter cred to bring the bucks a super bowl championship just a really selfless moment by you
0: at the time, I was right, and I'll stand by it. <laughs> oh, at the time. For
2: that drive, you were right.
0: Those first two drives did not no, look it good. Wasn't, it wasn't just buy. that right. drive. It was like the last couple of weeks. Like, you yeah. know, like they had, the Bucks no, had the bye week. He's an old man.
1: I,
2: I, oh, listen, I can relate God. to Brady. I'm only a couple years older than him. I can relate to needing that bye week, you know? Just saying. Oh, great so, stuff, though. So, here, here's the thing. I want to, uh, you know, the, the, there's, a, we're, we're going to circle back around to the defensive tackles real quick for a reason. Should have drafted Alean McNeil in the second round. I disagree with that. I worry about interior line depth, 34 years old, McClendon 35, Nacho average. I get that. So this is interesting because, again, Trevor, you and I are kind of sinking on the same wavelength here. Uh, we mentioned earlier that, that you had picked Levi Anzariki as, as a potential you know, first-round pick for the Buccaneers prior to the 2021 draft. Mm-hmm. In, in your most recent mock draft, your way-too-early 2022 mock draft, you got this guy right here. All right, now I'll tell you what, uh, when I read it, I said absolutely friggin because I've already started doing research on him. Um, this is Jordan Davis mm-hmm. from, from uh, Georgia, 6'6", 330, he's a man-child, doesn't bring a lot in terms of sack production, he, he only has six and a half sacks, he had four as a sophomore with uh, two and a half tackles for loss, but he's a nose tackle, his job is really right. to fight the A-gap, the double team, the center guard double team, free up. Uh, the, uh, the other defensive tackle, uh, Trevon Walker for Georgia, who's an undersized guy, six five, two seventy five, but he's more of their pass rusher. But this guy in seven games last year had a sack and a tackle for loss, but just like Vita you can't coach size six six three thirty. The thing is we, we hear, and we see in these early mock drafts, DeMarvin Leal from Texas a and I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, Tyler Davis from Clemson defensive tackle. I get it. Uh, not as sold on the Oklahoma kid, the the defensive tackle Perion Winfrey or mm-hmm. the Alabama defensive tackle Fidarian Mathis yet. Uh, Zach Pickens from South Carolina thinks has got some potential. But the thing is, this guy, I think when it's all said and done, if he's not a first-rounder, I think he's going to be in second-round consideration just because of his size and athleticism. He is an absolute hoss, and I wanted to get your thoughts on him. And I know we're already looking ahead to 2022, and we'll wrap mm-hmm. up the 2021 draft. Right. But Trevor, they passed on defensive line this year, and, and that that uh that commentator makes a good point. At some point in time, you gotta address the defensive line because right. I do think this is the last year for Sue and McClendon.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. And that's why I had Jordan Davis there. And Davis was kind of getting some fringe first round, second round hype yeah. in 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 last year's draft cycle before he decided mm-hmm. to return. And I, I I don't know if he ends up being a first round pick. I mean, we'll see because You know, Vita, Vita was a first round pick because he was just kind of like an insane moving athlete for a man his size. I I don't, I don't know if Davis is ever going to give you that kind of ability as a pass rusher. So I don't know if he's ever going to be a first round guy, but I wanted to, you know, more so me trying to correctly predict the first round. I was really just trying to get some names on people's radar. And for the Buccaneers specifically, I like Jordan Davis, whether it's in yeah, the first round, sure. which I don't know if that's going to happen. But yeah. even in the second round as well could be an option for them because, yeah, you're probably moving on from Dominick and Sue. You're probably moving on from a couple of the older defensive linemen. And when you think about it, a lot of the Bucks money and impact is tied up in their edge rushers. It's in right. Jack Barrett, it's in Jason, it's in Jason Pierre Paul, and now it's in Joe Tryon as well. So for them to have another edge rusher that they've already invested in, why not just have two absolute beasts in Lasters. the middle of the defensive yeah. line and all of a sudden like jordan davis is a two-gap player like he yeah. can easily eat up yeah. all kinds of double teams and sitting right next to him would be one of the best two-gap players in the nfl one of the best interior penetrators in the mm-hmm. nfl in vitavea so it's like all of a sudden the point of attack if you will becomes right. so strong with those two guys it frees up at least one of the edge rushers right. if not both to have one-on-one well, it, opportunities it, 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 it,
2: and it is is it, if it, it frees up one of these guys. Now, right. I, I mean, Vita Vea used to taking on the double teams, so is, is Jordan Davis. Give one of those guys a guard to handle, right? And right. I'm putting the bets on on either one of those guys, getting right. at least some push in the pocket, if not getting to the quarterback.
0: And the other the other point that I just wanted to make about Davis and having more of a stronger type of mold in the middle, along with Vita Vea, not necessarily a pass rusher, is – think of how clean you get to keep your linebackers. These two guys are in the middle. You know, you just, uh, you get to, you get the freedom of just letting Devin white go, see ball, get ball. You know what I'm saying? Like if these two guys are in the middle, he's not getting clogged. Guys aren't getting to the second level. We already know that Shaq bear and Jason Pierre Paul can hold up as well. So all of a sudden you just Levante, David and Devin white are just free as a bird back there at the second level. So you're going to defend the run really well. You're going to be able to fit it, whether it's, right up the A-gap or all the way to the sideline. I feel like that, that that all of a sudden makes your front so good to be able to dictate the line of scrimmage like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: I'm dating myself here a little bit, but th- this guy is like John Henderson size from like the old Jacksonville Jaguars. Right, stage. yeah. And he's yeah, on a mountain to. of a man.
0: Wonder you know? if you get wonder if he gets slapped in the pregame like, uh, like John Henderson did. <laughs> right. If
1: he does, <laughs> automatically. <first laughs> good round enough, thing. Joe. automatic first round pick if he gets cuffed in the face before he gets out there i mean that was please yeah would love him in tampa bay but i appreciated the fact that you picked a defensive tackle for them because it was to me it was clearly like you look this year they didn't take one it's obviously an old position for them right now they need to get younger there they need to get better there uh but also you know this group is you know probably looking at a couple guys that are playing their last season with tampa bay among their current defensive tackle group so yeah it is some a position that they're going to need to address but Instead of addressing that on day three of the we're moving up for a return guy, for Jalen Darden. And I don't know if a lot of people saw Jalen Darden uh, being a target of the Bucks because they've typically taken bigger receivers. Not sure in round four people thought. Definitely not a trade-up situation. Did you like Jalen Darden coming into the draft process? What were your thoughts on him?
0: Yeah, I mean, so obviously more of a, like a smaller school guy coming from North Texas, but again, it goes back to what I kind of introed, saying that day three for this draft was going to be all about owning the special teams, and I I think that Darden gives you plenty of value at wide receiver as well. But when you look at this wide receiver room, especially for next year, it's Mike Evans, it's Chris Godwin, it's Antonio Brown, it's Scotty Miller, it's you know, what Justin Watson or Tyler Johnson. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, there's just there's not a lot of room there. However. Jalen Darden gives you a lot on special teams too. And I think that that's important. You know, Scott taught me that very early in my time at pewter report coming from just being a draft guy that loved to take swings at the fences in the sixth and seventh round. I'd be like, Oh yeah, like this guy can be a starter for this team. And Scott's like, Hey, you know, you've got to build out the bottom of your roster of guys who can play special teams. You know, you can't just be drafting some of these like all-star potential wide receivers that even if they fell in the draft, if they can't contribute on special teams, they're not going to be able to make the roster even. So that's kind of a lesson that I learned early in my beat reporter days. And, I feel like that's what the bucks really prioritize here on day three is they got a lot of guys that if they are making the roster, they're also having a really good advantage for them in special teams. And garden has got that special teams ability as a returner and you know, as a receiver as well, he gives them that explosive uh, potential, you know, whether you are getting the ball in his hands early and he's doing stuff after the catch, or you're letting him streak vertical down the field. He brings you that kind of electrifying element. I read a quote by him. The other day and I don't I'm, I don't know if I'm completely going to get it right but he said making someone miss like make, like breaking a tackle or just like juking somebody he's like making yeah. somebody miss is like brushing my teeth I got to yeah. do it every day that's like right. that that oh, was wow. that was the quote yeah. that he, he that he said and so yeah there's another kind of good one to talked about this slow
2: feet don't eat that's you know? true that's and, very true and so is uh, he
1: what is he all chirp team did he make it the
2: sounds like it wow. he's up to a good start let's yeah let's say that but That's listen, he, here's what I like. I, you know, you could knock the guy for playing at North Texas, but again, he doesn't make the schedule, right? It, it's, it's not his fault that he's like roasting UTEP for 200 yards and three touchdowns, <laughs> right, at, right? you know, LaTeX and some of these other schools, UTSA. But the thing is, is this was a big-time producer, nine 100-yard games, nine games with two or more touchdowns, including five games with three touchdowns or more. And, I mean, you look at some of this. I mean, 13 catches, 244 yards, three touchdowns against Charlotte, eight catches, 173 yards, four touchdowns versus UTEP again. He doesn't make the schedule, but the games that he's gone out there and played against, you know, he's he's really showed his stuff. What I liked about him, too, is, is you put him up, up against the bigger competition, mm-hmm. five catches for 87 yards against Arkansas, two catches for 75 yards and a TD against Cal. So don't knock him just because he's played at, at at a conference USA school. This guy had 19 receiving touchdowns last year. That's right. good in any conference.
1: And and now he's like 5'8, 185 or something like that or well, 175, right Scott? It was he's yeah. he's a small dude and but at well, least one, he,
2: 175.
1: 175, right? Yeah. So at least when they got they trade up in the 4th round for their small receiver. Wouldn't it have been terrible though, Trevor, if they had taken Jalen Darden and traded up in like say the second round for a small receiver like that? And not even just a small receiver. I mean, there were certainly some other small receivers in the draft. I don't know if you've ever heard of a team doing that before. Made of maybe taking a receiver in the second round who could or could not fit inside the average grown man's pocket.
0: God, they're going to make me talk about Tutu Atwell, aren't they? They're (laughs) going to make me talk about Tutu Atwell. Yes, we are. This was, all right, just because you're baiting me, this is the pick in the draft that I understood the absolute least, okay? Sean McVay, all the respect in the world. I think he's a brilliant head coach. I really do. Maybe he'll work magic out of this. But I have no idea how a team with trench needs on both sides of the ball, a lot of offensive line needs, some defensive line needs, no first round pick this year, no first round pick next year, no first round pick the year after that, no first round picks until Kingdom Come drafts a 149 pound wide receiver with their first selection of the draft, and it's the deepest position they have on the <laughs> roster. How in the world did we get to this point? Where is <laughs> the where is the value? Where's the return? Even if Tutuawell becomes exactly what you think he like you dream him to be in the NFL. Yeah. There, it'd be bad pick. Trevor the only way I can rationalize this just, just snap this, your Trevor, fingers
2: just snap your fingers Trevor <laughs> the, o- the, you
0: only get way, the only way I can rationalize and it, and it's this all Trevor done.
1: it's all is that less need and Sean McVay just watched ant-man like out at their nice <laughs> they just watched ant-man over and over again lead up to the draft and they were like and they're just throwing look them back out guy, at that look beach at this little house. guy can do they're throwing them back out at the beach house and they're like what if, what if we just Hey Sean, what if we just had a little guy that we just yeah. we, we <laughs> snapped the ball to him? We just he ran between everybody's legs and like what could we be stopped? And like then they looked at two draft. They're like, this guy just had a way in video trying Ant, to prove man. himself. Find me out. <laughs> That's in, it. Man. They That's went into the draft looking for Ant-Man. They found him face closed. <laughs> but no, the context is what's unbelievable about the situation, Trevor, is because the Rams they haven't had a first round pick in forever. They're not gonna have one in forever, like. It's like that part makes it even funnier, and then it's the just fact just that awful, Cooper Cup
0: is there and Robert Woods is not like, and Van Jefferson and they signed to Sean Jackson. Like, how does he even get on the field? Like, <laughs> they people, Rams fans are telling me that Tutu's going to play in the slot, and I'm like, Cooper Cup plays in the slot, right? Van Jefferson plays in the slot, yeah. Robert Woods plays in the slot. What do you what what kind of dream world are you trying to like create where this pick is anything more than an absolute f? There is no way that this pick is anything more than an F. It was so bad. It's one of the all time. So bad. I remember we were on the live stream and this got clipped. So it's, it's on Twitter somewhere and I'm standing next to Josh Norris and they announced the pick and, and Josh just goes, Josh is like, really? And I'm like, there's no way i'm just losing like josh is kind of like keeping his composure and i'm losing my mind well it's
1: funny because i watched your stream after we came off our stream and on our stream i lost my scott told me the pick and scott (laughs) you remember i lost my mind i mean i had a box up and i was like He'd fit in this thing. Oh, yes. <laughs> they just took him with their first pick <laughs> in the draft. And then I saw your Dude, reaction. Okay. Like, oh. Did you
0: see, and we're roxing Tutu uh, do, like too much now. All respect to him. Hope he has an incredible NFL career. Genuinely do. I mean, but, honestly, a young king for getting drafted that high. No, like, I have no no question way, about it. He, Twitter weigh-in video. Did got you s- I was just about said, to bring in. He, <laughs> yes. he, he he confidently, yeah, not on that scale, showed 160 and went, <laughs> done y'all second round y'all get the gold jacket fitted and we're out here like dude (laughs) unbelievable man what a king i knew the i knew the nfl was a lot higher on tutu atwell because daniel jeremiah who i love the nfl was not
2: the rams were
0: Let's, well, let's just clarify that. <laughs> hold on, though. Like Daniel Jeremiah, who I love and respect, yeah, who has a lot of really great sources, he had Tutu in his top 40 in like February, like right. January, February. Yeah. And I'm like, holy cow, he must be getting told stuff from the league because there's no way this guy should be in a top 40. Yeah. And then look at that. He gets drafted in the second round. It never. Trevor, sin, since nice. you're now
2: in authority on the Carolina Panthers, uh, we've got yes. a a, a five-pound super chat from Callum Shaw, evening studs. Trev, will Darnold become a franchise quarterback? I really liked him, but being at the Jets was a poor fit for him. Great content, UK fan. So thank you very much for that. Great to
1: see forward. some of the Panthers questions for noted Panthers. Absolutely. Analyst yes. and fan.
2: So yes. we, we have a resident Panthers expert in the house. So what are your thoughts on Sam Darnold going to – uh, that stadium just down the street from you.
0: All right. So uh, all sarcasm and underlying insults aside, uh, <laughs> I do. I, <laughs> I, I I, like the move for Sam Darnold from Sam Darnold's perspective. Of course, like yeah. it makes a lot of sense. It's an for upgrade him. for him. Like, yeah, him getting out of New York. I mean, that situation was just absolutely abysmal. And obviously, like, it's a new regime. We saw the Jets draft Zach Wilson, and then the second they did, they went and got offensive linemen. They got offensive weapons. They got him a running back. Like, yeah. they're clearly going to be a lot more all in on getting into Michael Carter's. Than, right. Yeah, that's true. Um, are they going to do the thing? Hold on. Are they going to do the thing with Michael Carter where when it's the exact same name, it's just all spelled out on the jersey? Like, yeah, the whole I think name so. is just spelled out on the jersey. It just yeah. says Michael Carter on it because it'd be a lot of words. Uh, <laughs> I, I think that Donald's in a much better spot. I think that he certainly has a chance to be a lot better than he was with the New York Jets, but it's tough because even though he is still so young, because he was one of the youngest players drafted back in 2018, Mm -hmm. he's three years into it. And these are kind of crucial years as you're really learning how to become a quarterback. And he's not really any better. You know, a lot of the concerns that we had over Sam Darnold playing within structure coming out of USC those are still there. And a lot of yeah. his best plays that you see with the New York Jets are still outside of structure stuff. It's when he's scrambling mm-hmm. for his life, you know, he looks back up field, he sees something happen and he just, it's like, he's playing backyard football. He just naturally like, lets it go. He doesn't have to think about it. And the ball gets to where it needs to go. And then it's like, wow, that, that was a brilliant play. It was outside of structure. That's what draws you to Sam Darnold. But when things are very in structure, when he's got to evaluate, when he's got to analyze, when he's got to really think about what to do next, it's just, Not there for him yet. It's not nearly as natural. You could tell that he's stressed. You could see that the hamster wheel moving a little bit, if you will. And so, for that, he's got two years left on his rookie deal. You know, he's got this next year, and then they picked up his fifth year option. So, they got two years to figure it out. And I think he'll be a little bit better. But the bigger overarching question for all of this was them taking Sam Darnold or them trading for Sam Darnold prohibited them from taking justin fields mm-hmm. when he was there at eight which yeah. i think is a really big takeaway and now you know if we want we're getting into some nfc south draft selections you have it up there on the screen i love this draft. this I is do too if i thought you, the
2: panthers really really had a strong draft
0: if you take quarterback off of consideration like if you right. just say they were never going to consider taking a quarterback at number eight this draft is an a plus it's not just an a they hit every single need that they needed to they got players that they're familiar with they got christensen to play left tackle in the third round they got great upside players through round five i mean like throughout the entire draft rounds one through seven i mean they drafted a long snapper but it also gave us great social media content so i guess i'm happy with it um if you just take quarterback off the table this was an unreal draft from scott fitterer in his first time as general manager with carolina but Going back to the Darnold question, they don't have Justin Fields. And they don't have Justin Fields because they have Sam Darnold. And I think that that has to weigh into the consideration. So I think Darnold will be better, to answer the question. But a franchise quarterback, I wouldn't say those words. And I think it's, you know, we're going to look back on this in a couple of years and wonder if Carolina really blew it by not getting Justin Fields.
1: Yeah, you're right. That's If you look at it from the context of who they drafted, I think you're really happy. If you look at it from who they passed on, it could hang over the whole draft. And you say that about the Jets too, to be honest, not to deviate too far from the NFC and the NFC South, but same thing with the Jets. Everybody loves their draft. I called it like a draft for the ages. I think they got a ton of good players, but at right. the end of the day, if Zach Wilson busts and, and Justin Fields or Trey Lance or studs, you know it's going to be hard to look right. back on that right. and say, "Oh wow, yeah, y'all, you know, y'all nailed it." Um, when they mess up the best important position. So I know quarterbacks are a, tra- a crapshoot, but that's kind of how it goes. Right. Let's let's skip over KJ Britt just for time's sake because we want to get to a couple more questions before we wrap up. Let's sure. just mention real quick Chris Wilcox in the seventh round. Um, he was brought in as his cornerback, and it looked like he was going to have to compete with Herb Miller, uh, for the for the fifth cornerback spot, and it was going to be a special teams battle. Today, the Bucks did add Nate Brooks who has played in a bunch of different places, Arizona, Miami, New England, and most recently in Baltimore. Only see the field for a couple games. Special teams got a couple defensive starts, I think, when he was in Miami, and they just were kind of pulling guys off the street to play cornerback. So we'll see how Nate Brooks fits into the competition there. It's kind of going to be Herb. It's yeah. going to be Jonathan Franklin. It's going to be Chris Wilcox. It's going to be Nate Brooks now for that CB5 well, I think, I think
2: Jonathan Franklin, they're going to keep him a wide receiver. I know he played cornerback right, uh, with the Bears, first. but – but uh, and he can do both. He, he's yeah, he's started, done
1: all kinds of stuff. He's still listed he as a depth started. chart at his corner
2: yeah i know but i have no clue he's gonna be a wide receiver right so they he's so, not gonna be on the team but you
1: know right. <laughs> jeez, we're out here cutting people yeah cutting people in may let's do it i love it um okay let's let me ask you this trevor this regular season schedule gets released on wednesday uh yes you, six days from now and the bucks are gonna have the the opener right okay so who do they play in the open out of the teams that they're slated to play what matchup do you want to see in tampa
0: bay to open the season There's only one answer. Okay. There is only one answer. Okay. It is Jameis Winston coming back home for the New Orleans Saints to play against the Buccaneers in Raymond James Stadium. The Bucs have opened up their season against the Saints in two out of the last, this will be four years, but two out of the last three mm-hmm. years to this point. 2018, they were in New Orleans, and then 2020, they opened right. up in New Orleans as well. That 2018 game in New Orleans, I will remember forever oh because that was the Fitz absolute Magic. firework game of Fitz Magic yeah. that they ended up dueling the Saints 48 yeah. to 40 in that game. So they have a they have a run here of opening their season with the saints and the mm -hmm. saints have become their most heated rival. These are the two teams that are now at the top of the division. They've got some personal beef between players back and forth that, you know, that they're, they're not very quiet about. And so no question about it with given the teams that they are playing at home next year, I would love to see it switch no longer in new Orleans. Now in Tampa Bay, they're playing the saints and I'd love it for Jameis Winston to be the starting quarterback in the Saints. that make it even What
1: about when Ian Book wins the starting quarterback job?
0: Okay, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Forgot about that. Yeah,
1: you're right. Or Jason Hill. I mean, let's, you know. Yeah, yeah, for
0: sure. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: It's interesting
2: because if there's going to be Jameis in there and he's going to start the whole game, I would imagine there's going to be a pick six, right? There just wouldn't be Jameis without one. But you're right in terms of the storylines because the NFC South champions still technically are the New Orleans Saints, even mm-hmm. though the Bucs beat them to get to the Super Bowl. Um, so I, I agree. I think that that's very much in consideration just because of the intrigue of Jameis or even Taysom Hill, whoever wins that Saints job. Um, I, 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 I could see that. I could definitely see that being the, the home opener on Thursday night just to, to kick off the NFL season.
1: In terms of what would be the best actual football game, in my opinion, obviously we're, we're a ways off, but – I I would think Buffalo would be an unbelievable game, but the storylines aren't the same as New England. Or I know that's at New England, but you know, as as Tampa Bay, you know, against the Saints,
0: there's way more storylines there. There's history. I didn't didn't realize they play at New England this year. Yeah, Yeah, they do. Yeah. Oh man, Brady's gonna throw for eight touchdowns (laughs) that game. Holy, there's there's some
2: buzz. There's some buzz that around the league that that game could be on Thursday night, Thanksgiving night. Mm-hmm. Because of the ratings, because the that Thursday night Thanksgiving night game got Buku ratings even more so than like a Sunday night game or a Monday mm-hmm. night game. So uh, as, we as- we we could be covering uh, Bucks patriots brady belichick you know fighting off a a turkey induced coma that night
0: (laughs) as long as it is uh as long as it's after the trade deadline so the so new england doesn't have stefan gilmore anymore then brady is just going to (laughs) throw for 800 yards that's a great point that's a fantastic point
1: that's an interesting element to this that trade deadline with stefan gilmore (laughs) right right i hadn't thought about that at all but no, all those are great matchups. I mean, the, honestly, that game has a lot of potential. And I think they'll pick one of those would be my guess. But yeah, it is. There are definitely a lot of intriguing storylines as you look at what the Bucks, how the Bucks are going to open the season. I, I personally kind of gravitate toward, uh, you know, that Josh Allen trying to beat Tom Brady, although it was only for a couple of years early on. I think it's still, I know it's a narrative in Buffalo and I know that would probably carry major ratings up in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see it. Well, I, I, I wanted to I... ask, I wanted to ask you too, uh, Trevor, about as the Buc- you see a year in which Tampa Bay has gone into this offseason, re signed everyone, um, just kind of done what you probably, I mean, let's face it, you've been a lifelong Bucks fan and follower, and like you've covered the team. And to see them where they are now and after this offseason, going into what, you know, and you could talk about the state of the NFC if you want, but to me, I look across the NFC and I say, you yeah, know, the games I won on paper, but on paper, uh, it helps a lot, and you know, it just—it seems like the Bucks are <laughs> doing pretty well. So, just thoughts on the Bucks, where they're at after this crazy season, and your thoughts on it from a standpoint of always having followed them.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it was. <sighs> It was a lot of fun to follow. Um, you know, obviously during this past season, I really missed being a part of the P Report family and and getting to actually write about wins instead of so many different losses and when the coaches are getting fired and who's the next players that are coming in because I felt like that was a big portion of when I was there. Just because it's been Buccaneer football over the last decade, and so yeah. I, you know, I've I've said this before. The coolest part about all of their success was getting to see one some people who work in that Tampa media market who do some unbelievable work, of course, you guys included finally get some national recognition for it because it had been, it had been over a decade since people really cared about what was going on down in Tampa Bay. And I've gotten to know and, and and read, and just work closely with so many incredible reporters and people who cover that team uh, in Pewter report and, and just throughout the beat. And so to, to see them get the national attention for a lot of their hard work was really fun. And then of course, you know, I, I've, I've made so many friends growing up around Tampa and uh, just even with my time covering Pewter report, just around the team, so many great bucks fans who have dealt with so much crap and so much bad football that they have had to watch now to get that to, to see them mm-hmm. celebrate and to and for the team that they root for and, and put so much time and, and money and everything in kind of give something back to them, give them a little bit of joy. That was a lot of fun as well. I, I hope, uh, I, I certainly hope that the Buccaneers are, I mean, I could say just as good. Cause it'd be cool to see them win back to back, but I mean, like I, I just hope that they are of course competitive again, competing for a division <laughs> title, getting into the playoffs because, A lot of the fans didn't really get to experience it last year, you know, with everything Mm, that happened and not being able to go to the games and tailgate and get in the stadium and see things early. And, you know, last year, of course, there was a lot of hype with Brady coming in, but. Yeah, they were sitting there in the middle of the season, seven and five. And so it's not like they were just these like Super Bowl juggernauts the whole year. This year, they're coming into the season. They're defending Super Bowl champs. There's going to be a lot of hype around the season opener and all the home games throughout the season, which hopefully we'll get to see a lot of fans in there for. So it's been a lot of fun for me, Trevor, less so as uh, less so as just like a fan and somebody who grew up south of Tampa, but more of, uh, of fans of the people who get to report and follow this team that have had a lot of fun days. Trevor, speaking of hype,
2: we've got some breaking
0: news to break on the
2: Peter Report podcast. This is a special public service announcement brought to you by Manscaped.com. This is your pubic service announcement, and the news that you've all been waiting for, the Manscaped engineering team has confirmed that they have successfully created the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, which is now available for purchase in the USA and in Canada. This new trimmer was just released moments ago today, May 6th, Thursday. And we're going to be the first ones to get our hands on it next week to share the news. Join the over 2 million men, including myself and John, and Trevor, I'm, I'm guessing you two. You oh, yeah. like you could use some Manscaped products. Wow. Who, who trust that, Manscaped me, but... with, with this exclusive offer, 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the promo code pewter at manscaped.com. Now, I, I'm... I'm going to tell you right now that the new 4.0 uh, lawnmower is, is even better than the 3.0 that I've tried. You're going to be blown away by the performance, the craftsmanship, the details on the 4.0 are next level. The advanced ceramic blade and skin safe technology is so good, it almost seems as if Manscaped worked on Elon Musk's engineers to ensure that your testicles are as safe as possible. So listen, what makes this trimmer different from all the other trimmers? It's a new multifunctional on and off switch that can engage a travel lock created for people who like to travel. That means you're not gonna have that vibrating, buzzing sound going off in your bag that can be embarrassing. The Lawnmower 4.0 gives you the ability to turn the 4,000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for the more precise shave. The new trimmer even allows you to customize your trim level all over through the additional guard lengths with sizes one through four. And looks wise, it's sleek with two-tone matte and gloss finish and even features a hot foil stamped black chromed Manscaped logo. Show off that mower loud and proud. The optimized Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer is waterproof so you can groom in the shower and not have to worry about making a mess on the bathroom floor. Did I mention the wireless charging? The Lawnmower 4.0's new wireless charging system uses electromagnetic induction which can help your battery length last longer if you're still trimming your face with your ball trimmer it's time to make some changes get 20 percent off and free shipping with the promo code pewter at manscaped.com no person wants to end up with pubes in their mouth your balls will thank you get 20 percent off with, with free shipping using the promo code pewter at manscaped.com that's 20 percent off with free shipping at manscaped.com use the promo code pewter get the new lawnmower 4.0 and unlock the confidence and always use the right tools for the job with manscaped
1: i cannot i'm just i wish go. I wish. Is, is it He's safe under- I wish Trevor <laughs> Eric Paulson uh, just joined the chat.
2: Oh, my God. What a time to join I the chat. I wish
1: Trevor had been on the pod when it when the at Manscaped ad read began with, so are you dealing with Trevor Lawrence's haircut in your pants? I wish he'd been <laughs> on for that. <laughs> that was when I Jesus. lost. I had no idea that was coming. And I lost my marbles that time. I'm telling you, man, they got some. They got some great writers over there. They got they some do. great writers they over there. Great sure. is
0: definitely a word to use. Yeah.
1: <laughs> All right, let's wrap it up with this, Trevor. Um, you look across the NFC. You look at this 2021 season. Who is the Bucks' biggest opposition? Not to winning Super Bowl. We know, you know. I think. Well, I think I know what you're going to say in that regard. But to getting to the Super Bowl in their conference, who is the biggest opposition, and how much of a threat do you consider them when you look across the NFC?
0: it's i mean
1: nobody right, let go home. maybe
0: i mean i mean like I, I i don't know because the teams that have the most talented rosters probably the seahawks and the packers Packers. And their quarterbacks probably, hate their quarterbacks hate them right their quarterbacks hate where they are so like how <laughs> how how much do you expect to get in return how much of these guys going to lay it all on the line i don't think it's going to right. happen i mean I, I I don't think I, I guess the Rams are going to be certainly a, a playoff threat, but I don't think they're an actual threat to the Buccaneers. I mean, I guess they went ten and six next year, so I, I or last year, so I have to name them. But I don't believe in Chicago. I don't believe in the Vikings. Detroit's not there yet. Not I not afraid of Dallas at all. Washington still no. Even with Fitz Magic, I mean, there, there's just a shelf life there. Yeah. It, the answer it, it, honestly might be the team I just roasted for picking 2 to atwell. I mean if we're being completely Rams, honest, I yeah. think I think that it might be the Rams. The Rams in the well, NFC might actually be their biggest their, it their certainly biggest can't brand. be this team with or without Rodgers. I mean they can't beat the Bucks with Rodgers much, right, much less right. without him, right? I I don't I don't I don't I I don't know. I don't know who beats this team. I really don't. Yeah. It's crazy, which is which is terrifying to think. As someone, who's <laughs> no, that's Bucks exactly down right. It's
1: like Bucks fans are afraid to like recognize it. I think, um, yeah, but yeah, state of the NFC currently right now. I mean, I think the Bucks are cl- clearly top dog. Now, I'll say this: there's there's always that potential for the 49ers. I've mentioned them before. I know Trey Lance even as a rookie, but that that's an offense you can hit the ground running in as a rookie, and he has a dangerous mm-hmm. skill set. It could be they could be a, a surprise shocker type team. Also, can't wait to clip all of those little parts where you were just like, no chance, this team sucks, no, (laughs) and and bring them back up on social as soon as they get a few wins to start the season. It's a trap.
2: It's a trap. We just brought Trevor on to trap him. That's exactly right.
1: Eric Olson, of course, with the $10 Super Chat before we sign off here, he says, before you sign off, can we get an old locked on NFL draft brother call? Oh, br-
0: <laughs> brother. 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 The two-two there out. Well team.
1: <laughs> brother was created for the two-two out moments That's like true. that. That was what it was created for. No question about it. Trevor, oh, man, man, it's great having you back on the pod. We appreciate so much you taking the time. I know we went a little bit long. We always do whenever you come on here, it feels like, but uh, it's always a great time and always giving the fans the insight that they need. And your perspective is something I know a lot of people in this area can't wait to hear whenever you come on. So we appreciate it. Well, time. It,
2: it, go ahead. Go ahead, Scott. I was going to say the thing is, is, is that the buck stock happened to rise when you left and that that's kind of, it's great for Tampa Bay. It's unfortunate maybe for you, but if you're interested in stocks and sports symbol, is the stock market for sports that allows you to trade sports teams like stocks and earn cash payouts when your team wins. Symbol has blended sports and the stock market to offer a new way to invest in and profit off of your favorite teams. Use the sports knowledge that you have to buy low, sell high, and earn cash payouts when your team wins. Join the 2,500-plus early adopters, including myself, who have created – this way to invest in your favorite teams. The stock market for sports, just a tap away. Create a free account in seconds to start profiting from your sports knowledge. And to save, uh, or actually to get ten dollar deposit bonus, go to www.symbol.app symbol backslash Peter Report. They're going to give you ten bucks just for signing up.
0: A lot. Well, I, I, you know, I know you guys said that the, the podcast went a little long, but time always flies when I'm talking ball with you guys. It's always great to be back on with the Peter Report fam. So I really do appreciate you guys having me on the podcast. Absolutely, well,
2: man. It, it's been an absolute pleasure, Captain.
0: <laughs> happy, happy to serve alongside thank you, for,
1: you. Thank you for your service.
0: <laughs> this was, you know, for all the roasting that might be done of me for the clips on this podcast, getting that image was uh, was absolutely worth it. Well, worth Trevor, it all,
2: listen, man. when you were hired at Pewter Report, we have a motto mm-hmm. here, right? I mean, and you know this. It, we don't look for sidekicks. We look it's, for fellow Avengers, fellow superheroes. That's what this it's all is, about.
0: This is something that Scott said and something that I love about him as a boss. It's not a mm. giant hierarchy thing it's you be the best reporter you could be and if it's better than me some weeks then Absolutely. good so yep. yeah yep. i love that and many other lessons that you uh that you instilled upon me scott so you're I always a part of the pewter report
2: family man no matter where you are whether you're in the hot bed of carolina panthers uh or or not <laughs> uh, you're always a uh, a pewter reporter for life and and we appreciate you coming on very much and folks on monday we got a special guest jake arian son of hey Bruce you know that guy Jake he's will an, be great. He's oh, going to be yeah. back talking some Bucks football. Uh, I think he knows a little bit about Bucks football, a little bit about the draft, and, and it's going to be a great conversation. We had Jake on during football season, and he said he would be happy to come on again. So we're going to have Jake Arians on Monday, 4 o'clock. So make sure you check that out. We're excited to have uh, him on, just like we were excited to have you on, Trevor, and we'll do it again soon. Yeah, absolutely, and we've
1: got we've got some other great guests coming up too as uh, coming up as well in the coming weeks for sure. Uh, you know it'll be a blast. Plus, next week we're going to have uh, the schedule release show. So Monday yeah. or Wednesday night when the schedule gets released, eight o'clock. Yeah, right? it gets released at eight. We're going to be live at eight, ready to t- break it all down and talk to you all about it as that schedule gets released. So. We can't wait to do that with y'all. That's going to be a blast of a show. So right now, just mark those, go to Pewter Report uh, TV on YouTube, subscribe, and hit the bell to get the notifications for when we go live. Even if you don't want to always have that bell on, that's fine. But just don't forget, to Jake Aaron's interview is one you're not going to miss. Uh, you're not going to want to miss on Monday. And then Wednesday, especially, we'll be on Tuesday. Don't get me wrong. It's going to yep. be a great show and y'all should tune in. But uh, on Wednesday, we're going to be have the schedule release show. That show is going to be 8 o'clock. That's yep. going to be at night. So it's going to be A great time on the Peter Report podcast, so make sure you're subscribed, hit the bell, get the notifications, join in the fun for sure. As always, thank you so much for another great week and another great podcast, and for all of you for tuning in to another edition of the Peter Report podcast.
2: Out. Out.
1: Out.